Dad's class. Welcome to the podcast where I, Devin Pierce, bring you the tools of my toolbox. So whether you are a parent, going to be one, or just someone trying to adult, it is my goal to help you be better equipped for the great adventure of life. What do you guys think of that new soundbar? That is my oldest boy. Welcome to Dad's class. It took a lot to get that. So the podcast is recorded live over on Mixer. It's where I am right now. It is March 4th, 2020. And Facebook was ever so kind as to remind me that one year ago today started into uh, revealing to the world the project. Project? Revealing to the world the project that is this podcast. I released the YouTube trailer onto my personal Facebook, which definitely needs an update because it is out of date. <laughs> so, how are you folks? I hope the new year is treating you well. It's, well, for us, it's been a bit of a roller coaster around our house. And uh, I, I saw a video and the guy was asking, if you remembered when a series of unfortunate events was a book or movie and not the description of your life. Uh, that being said, the last couple of Fridays have been very positive around our household, which is nice. And it was, it was one of those subjects where to suddenly have such stress relieved from us Kind of left us not really knowing what to do with ourselves. Because we were so used to dealing with a crappy situation. Since last class, which was back in December. Uh, we have released a top five classic games. For educating your kids. And yesterday, a top five love languages focusing on the kids. On Twitter, we also have a video about ways to make grilled cheese different. That was a fun one to make. And I shared my first attempt at a stop motion video, which was really fun. And I made that with my Kinect uh, toys from my childhood, which I still have kicking around. And that last episode that we did was on the topic of sign language here on the podcast. The question of the week that came from that episode was asking what you guys felt of the idea of learning sign language. I have learned more since that episode, but I am still not where I wanted to be with that at this point. Not at all. Additionally, over on our website, I've put out a few blogs this new year. One was in January and two came out last week. The one in January was about Changes to my employment, which cause scheduling conflicts, but that's void because I'm, uh, well, not employed, but it's still a pretty good read. And last week we released a blog where I talked about how the love languages were causing me some content creation issues and also touched more on things about the love languages relating back to children following a seminar on the topic that we did last month. And by we, I mean myself and my spouse. 
the second blog post I put out last week was talking about the Extra Life campaign for 2020. Also touched on that with the uh, top five from last week. Today's class, which is the first recording of 2020, to be fair, I did try to record a few things but I wasn't happy with the quality of what I had, so I chose just not to make your ears bleed and left it alone. At least that was what happened in January. As for February, I don't know where that month is or when it happened, but it's gone now. Today, we're going to be bringing some different passions of mine together. We're going to be relating my hobby of geocaching to the five love languages. Yes, I am on a bit of a love language kick at the moment, and I realize this, but hey, why not? Stick with what works. Specifically, we're going to be looking at how geocaching can fill all of your love buckets, as well as those of your spouse and children. Now, I always have links to our family's geocaching YouTube channel attached to the Dad's Class content somewhere. But in case you haven't, be sure to go and take a look at that when you get a chance sometime in the future. So, let's start with, what is geocaching? Geocaching is a game where you go out into the world looking for hidden containers or caches using a GPS handheld or a smartphone application. Much like the treasure hunting of old, geocaching requires a variety of skills and experiences for it to be done successfully, but also requires someone to not only go and hide the geocache, but also to give you clues towards finding it. This year actually happens to mark the 20th anniversary of this game, and one of the biggest, longest-running events is having its first go at being an internationally hosted one by being hosted here in Canada instead of the United States. It's actually going to be happening over near Abbotsford, B.C., as Geo Woodstock, which is pretty cool, eh? Geocaching headquarters boasts about the game having more than 3 million caches hidden around the world. There are many different types of caches, each having their own variety of challenges, not to mention the terrain to get you there or the difficulty of actually signing the logbook. Assuming it has one. Today, we're going to be focusing on ways this globally played game is able to fill the love buckets of the people in your life, including your own. By the way, when I put out, as I said yesterday, the March 3rd, a YouTube video about the five love languages in relation to children. So you can go take a look at that if you're not really sure about the littles and their love languages. 
more ways for you to express them to them. And also, as I mentioned, additionally, I do have a blog post that talks a bit more about the love languages and how they kind of stop me from making content such as this podcast. See? I told you I was a bit on a kick here. The first thing I want to talk about is love languages versus love buckets. It's essentially the same topic. It's just wording it into a way that makes it more relatable and might provide a better visual for you. Another idea to visualizing love languages that came to mind. Do you remember being a small child going to school and at Valentine's Day having a mailbox to collect your Valentine's? You know, back when you actually got to choose who you were giving them to, not just writing to friend like I do for my kids because that's all that they want at the schools to make it more time efficient. My kids don't know half the classmates' names because they are never forced to learn them. But I digress. Let's say you have five mailboxes for your Valentine's, for your love. And like those little balls you can buy from Tupperware, each mailbox has a specific shaped slot for each language. A unique hole for each of those types. So these mailboxes or buckets get filled up with only one type of love language which they are designed for. Make sense? Now, each person in your family or that you interact with will find each love language to have a different level of importance to them. And this can change over time, and that's okay, just so you know. It has to do with what we need as a person at that time. But typically, your top two are going to be pretty distinct from the rest of them, with a little bit of variation here and there. That being said, with this knowledge, it is said that the key to showing someone that you love them is to ensure you're showing them love in a language that they understand. For young children, however, we just want to try and show them all the love languages, as until they're about seven years of age, they kind of just need them all. And everybody does to some extent. It's just the importance of them to us as individuals that changes. And this is where I feel geocaching can come in. As an example, as I have alluded to, this hobby can fill all the buckets of love. But imagine how this might help. Having a single activity that can contribute to all five buckets speak all five languages. So if you love someone, but their main love language is one you're not comfortable with, such an activity might present to you a natural way to become more comfortable with that other love language. You remember those five mailboxes I was just talking about? <laughs> 
If each person takes their different mailboxes of the five languages and they stack them, the top one being the most important to them and working their way down to the least important one on their desk. This means that if your top box is gifts and the one at the bottom is physical touch, having a partner who has physical touch at the top but gifts on the bottom will definitely require you and your partner both to step out of your comfort zones to show each other the right kind of love. And so you're going to want to find a way to do that that's at least kind of comfortable for you. Little public service announcement or a flash fact if you're into those. Learning the love language of your partner can also help prevent you from causing them pain. Whatever bucket is the most important is also the biggest bucket and therefore is the easiest to be topped over. Or in other words, the same language that makes them feel the most loved is the one that hurts them the most too. And that is something to think about when you're interacting with your partner or your kids or even your parents. Now, if you're interested in learning specifically what your love language is, you want to go to uh, the number five, lovelanguages.com, where you can take a test, a little quiz, and you can see on their site as they break down the different languages, what that means to you and how that represents itself. They even take it further and they break it down into how those languages look for couples, singles, teens, men, young children, and military personnel. I also saw on their site that there are books specifically for families as a whole, and even blended or broken down families, and how love languages can be used to establish strong, communicative, large family groups like that, which is kind of cool. My focus again today is going to be taking those five love languages and directly showing you how this hobby can naturally help you express each of these. Welcome to geocaching. Every time you choose to search for a geocache, you're providing yourself and those you're taking with you the opportunity to explore the world and you're taking steps towards other healthy lifestyle choices. Which, by the way, if this is an interest to you, there are plenty of other podcasts that I listen to about this hobby. So feel free to go and check them out. Uh, shameless plug for one of my favorites is Geocache Talk. They live stream every Sunday. You can find them pretty much every form of social media. Geocaching HQ, the company that actually oversees this game, has their own podcast that isn't out as frequently, but has some really good information from time to time. 
Quality time is the first love language we're going to talk about. Now, this one seems simple enough. If you're doing this activity with someone, even if that someone is you, just you and yourself, you are able to invest time into the relationship. And that is what quality time is about. And this can start from planning geocaches you might go for while you're visiting a park you've been to a million times. Or maybe you guys decide to sit down and solve a tricky mystery cache puzzle so that you and your spouse spend an entire evening learning the history of postage stamps for clues to get a set of coordinates, which I have done. Perhaps it's something a little bit simpler than that. Maybe it's the meal you have sitting at a restaurant after the adventure, talking about the one you DNF'd or marked as it did not find. I realize that some of you listening to this or watching this on YouTube later may be muggles. And that means that you have no idea about the hidden world this game has created all around you. So I'm going to do my best to make this a soft introduction to the game for those people. The next one is physical touch. I have found that this language often goes with quality time, hand in hand. See what I did there? But in all seriousness, when you're planning a list or solving that puzzle, did you pat your partner on the back for having a good idea? Physical touch. Did you hold your spouse's hand or your child's hand while you made your way to, to and from the geocache? Did you give them a high five when they found it before you, or did you give them a big hug when they gave up? Physical touch can be awkward for some people, but there is definitely an opportunity with every step along the way while geocaching. For you to find something you're comfortable with to give a little bit more into that bucket for another person. If you're out running solo, choosing caches that test or maintain your physical activity level is one example of how you can show yourself this love language. This next one is receiving gifts, which is sometimes a hard one for people to wrap their heads around given how generally materialistic we are as a society these days. Now, sometimes geocaches are too small to fit any swag into, which is stuff we all get or uh, trade items. But those that are large enough can be a great way to find something to remember an adventure by. Maybe you're a parent and you are out geocaching without your kids. You find stickers that you know your kid would love. So you trade some of the stuff you have for things they would like that then you give to your children the next time you see them just to show them 
that you were thinking about your kids. Boom. Love expressed. And not only did you express love by giving them a gift that was meaningful, they didn't have to go geocaching with you to do that. It could be something even smaller or less usable. Maybe it's just a rock from the area or a photo of a strange tree you thought they would think was cool. The language of gifts is about heartfelt and meaningful reasons behind what you are giving someone. When you really start to fall in love with this hobby and you start to invest more into it, it's easy to find ways to gift yourself things to make this hobby better or stuff that you need, practical items that would just take this to the next level for you as an individual giving yourself love. Acts of service. For this little bit here, let's say that you, you hate this hobby. You go out, you try it, you hate it, you hate trees, you hate lamp posts, you don't even like historical locations. How dare people expect you to leave your house after work? Ugh, humbug. But they enjoy it. And you like them. So you drive them to the GZ, which is ground zero, which is the area closest to the known location. Give or take the accuracy of a device. Or you collect containers from work that you know they can use for their first attempt in hiding their own geocache. Perhaps you teach a friend, child, lover how to use a handheld GPS before they go into the woods where the phone app isn't going to work for the first time. Those are all examples of ways you can hate this game and still use it as a way to express love to somebody in your life. And if you're by yourself, taking the time to clean your own car so that it is ready for your next adventure is an act of self-service that you could do, as well as anything on this list you could teach yourself how to use a GPS. Giving yourself that service to show yourself that type of love. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation is not the bottom of my pile of mailboxes. Uh, I think it's the next one up. But it is my spouse's top one. So I am working really hard to learn to express love in this language because it's something I'm not good at. However, I have come to realize that words of affirmation can fit in with all the other languages quite easily. With acts of service, quality time, and physical touch that come to mind first, especially physical touch, Literally every time you had a reason to touch someone while you were geocaching, you could have accompanied it 
with words of affirmation. Here's some examples. I love how you came up with that solution. Great find. Thank you for teaching me. You know, we did our best, and I know you won't give up. I love you. Thank you for the adventure. And whether those words or encouragements are for you or for someone else, a good pep talk might be the what turns a frown upside down and earns you a smiley. Which, for the muggles in the room, that is how the app and the website show you your successful finds with a smiley and your sad, sad DNFs with a frowny face. The frowny face is also blue to make it extra sad. Us ourselves, we have lost touch with this truly amazing hobby, and I am just scratching the surface. There are books about it, there are books about certain parts of this game, there are people who have taken this and added their own challenges to it and grown it far beyond the simple concept of treasure hunting. But since last summer, we've just prioritized things within our family differently. I hope that this was some way that you could look at it and see how you as a person could use this hobby to fill all the love boxes you have or that you have to fill. And if I'm being honest, that is part of why I wanted to do this episode today. To show myself just how awesome the game is and try to get me back into it. In addition to that, we have the fact that I am one of the hosts for a weekly tweet chat called the hashtag US Geocaching Hour. That happens over on Twitter, uh, where myself and folks from all over come together and answer questions about our geocaching experiences. And this helps us grow as a community across all of North America and the world. That tweet chat over on Twitter happens every Monday at 8 p.m. Central Time. And on March 16th, we are hosting the chat. So come on over, say hello, or maybe just follow the uh, US Geocaching Hour hashtag and just kind of see what kind of things we talk about over the next couple of weeks. Before we get into the question of the week this week, though, I want to take a moment and remember, remember, remind you guys that we are doing our Extra Life fundraising for the second year in a row. And we would love if you could help us reach our goal for the Edmonton Stollery Children's Hospital. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I did a blog post about this year's campaign find links to that in the description for today's episode 
and you guys can go check that out if you would like a quick little read about it. Question of the week. That one was my little girl. And we practiced and we practiced and we practiced, but she kept trying to say question of the month. And you can hear it that she hesitates. Question of the week. When she just catches herself about to say the wrong thing. It was really cute. Anyways. The question of the week is, what did you know about geocaching before today? If this was your first time hearing of it, let me know if you're going to look into it further. As with every episode, I look forward to your guys' feedback. Please rate the show on whatever podcast app you're using. Leave a review there. Or come on over to YouTube down below the bridge where all the trolls live and leave us something in the comments section. You can also always email me, crownesso at gmail.com. That's C-R-O-W-N-E-S-S, the number zero, at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Twitch with at crownesso. And as of earlier this week, I am now on TikTok with that same username. If you guys want to drop me a follow there, I'm trying to be funny. If you found this class informative, please share it with your friends, see what they think of it. If you are new to the podcast or the YouTube channel, and you just come across us and you're this is your first time interacting with the show, thank you for listening and... Welcome to the family! That was both of my older children. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening.